Right. Um, should we get started? Yeah. So, yep. like I said, I'll just say, "Hey, Ross, how's work?" Cool. Unless we leave everything before in, in which everyone's going to hear it. It's my... Chris, you can that out. <laughs> um, do, do things. Yep. So, Ross, how's work? It's pretty good, actually. Um, I mean, all things considered, things have been pretty steady. Um, and yeah, I feel like I've got a lot on my plate, which is almost always the case. And you had a lot on your plate with that pizza just a minute ago. I'm really satisfied right now. It's very satiated. I mean, it's only a Sano's, like cheap vegetable pizza. Pizza to get me, pizza. To get me th- yeah, yep. pizza is pizza. Pizza Ross. pizza. See, this is the glass half full kind of attitude that I like to hear <laughs> on the podcast. You know, it's like pizza is pizza, man. You know, it could be worse. It could when be. You've got your pizza and Chris has got his Zoom Pro account. All is good. This is the bounce <laughs> we require right now, isn't it? All is right yeah. with the world. Come on. I think the fact that Chris has a Zoom Pro account should be an ongoing kind of featurette of the podcast. Just like, oh, by the way, guys, but listeners out there, don't worry, Chris has still got a Zoom Pro account. He's happily a Zoom customer. We'd love to work with you, Zoom. You know, we'd love to work with you. Um, That would would be great. But uh, so Chris, um, Ross, who you haven't met or what, I don't even know what it means to meet anyone anymore, but Ross makes websites for artists. Mm. And we sh- we actually share quite a lot of clients, quite a handful of clients, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, we do. We do now. Mm. Yeah. So you and I met through Elizabeth Electra. Oh, yeah. Um, and from there, you've referred a few clients to me. I referred a few clients to you, which is kind of the ideal That's thing. The That's how I love everything. Yeah, I yeah. love it when, um, yeah, people can send clients my way and I can, you know, return the favor uh, mm. where you can all kind of help each other. That's the best. Well, you do make fabulous websites for us it's not just the hair that's working for you i can assure you oh i mean that's just that's just one tick in the box isn't it <laughs> yeah we're gonna need to get a really good mugshot of you though for this podcast because i'll i'll pull it on the internet yeah naturally that's fine yep i can i can arrange i, I have a few yeah uh, that are safe for us to use i want a hair one though okay if that's okay <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah i mean it won't be from today because as we were talking <laughs> about before we hit record not the best uh it's not in the best situation but I have others. So I'm loving the backdrop though, Ross. Like I mean, for the benefit of the listeners, I'm seeing some frames back there you on, are, so... on some exposed brick. I love exposed brick. Well, it's yeah. actually wallpaper. Sorry to... Ah, oh, so you shouldn't have ruined oh, the illusion. I know, I know. <laughs> but Ross, there, there's man. a story. So I don't, be going t- don't, don't tell the truth. Well, no one does on. that anymore. Come on, I'm not going to hold it back from you. Oh my uh, God. So no, I recently redecorated my office because I've been meaning to since we, we moved in. Yeah. Um, and my father-in-law wallpapered with brick wallpaper but it turns out he did it upside down so it really ruined the effect because the shadow was at the top instead of the bottom so we sourced (laughs) some different wallpaper and we did that so yeah there's some frames um frame posters so all clients i've worked with some i designed myself some uh were designed by other people but um yeah i was kind of going for a i don't i don't i was kind of going for a combination of like kind of rock star slash cozy slash uh i don't know what else but it's definitely rock star cozy yeah that's yeah the first I, thing uh, I, I did a lot of stuff that i've never done before i painted my desk i varnished my desk i replastered part of the ceiling uh i painted everything myself so it was um an experience every day after work for two weeks just kind wow. of getting on with it that's awesome yeah not bad is it chris as home offices go 
Ross has a pretty cool one. <laughs> I would yeah. admit. It is yep. yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Is it like I'm seeing are they like films? Oh behind me, so that'll be CDs. I'm I mean if anyone knows what a CD is anymore. Um, I, I literally so yeah, don't know what you're talking about. Behind me, yeah, there'll be there's some books, there's some thank you cards from clients, there's some CDs. Um yeah. That's nice. that's uh, what's surrounding me. Compact disc. Chris, you know yeah, a thing or two about compact disc, it, don't you? Never heard of it. No. Isn't that what a Oh right, okay. It's a bit retro, I guess. Um <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's where I am. Love a compact disc. I'm just trying to find I'm gonna try and drop compact disc more Chris looks back into his nostalgic memory of uh, Yeah, oh, you can see his yeah. brain working away yeah. <laughs> right yeah. here. Yeah. I'm just looking out the window to be honest. Trying to think of something to say because that's what you do on a podcast, isn't it? Apparently that's yeah, that's what a podcast is. So let's talk about the pandemic. So we're mm. obviously like the three of us are in um you know, the United Kingdom where things are looking more hopeful these days because we're in we're in May 2021 so you know for anyone who's listening after some apocalyptic event in the future and it's like it's like yeah yeah have you seen um have you seen uh what is it have you you've both seen I know Chris has definitely seen that Mitchell and Webb look yeah right okay so there's a sketch that they do and it's some it's after the event right and right and uh and it's a game show it's a panel show um and then you know it zooms into the host of the show david mitchell's character and it's like what is it hello and remain indoors and then like remain indoors (laughs) obviously that clip um like blew up when COVID come, right? Mm-hmm. Like that clip completely blew up. So when I was saying that just now for anyone after some future apocalyptic event, listening back to this podcast, I thought of that. So I don't know what the rest of that get, sentence get was going to be. But yes, yeah. um, so um, we should drop a link to that one actually because that's a really funny clip. Um. But uh, so for anyone, uh, oh yeah, so, oh yeah, because we're in the UK. Okay, so May 2021 is now and things are looking very promising for the UK, Yeah. right? Um, things are opening up, pubs are open. Well, they're open outdoors. They're open indoors next week, isn't it? Next Monday. Monday. Yep. Okay. So some level of normality is is resuming. But obviously, the corner. right? Yeah. Um, let's see what happens. Um, but uh, the last year, I suppose, a year and two months, I'd, I would say, Ross, I remember you were away when mm-hmm. the stuff hit the fan, actually, because yeah. that was like mid March, wasn't it, twenty twenty? When, when at least everyone in the Western world was like, this exists in a really bad way yeah. to us and everything's gonna be really really difficult you were in america yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. it was funny because um because we were going yeah we were, we were flying to florida the plan was to do a week in florida and then um we were going to do a few days in la and a few days in new york and fly home from new york um 
Florida was fine, but we were watching the news and every day as the news was, it was all kind of ramping up and we're like, oh, this is, yeah, this is maybe a bit worse than we all thought when uh, we <laughs> it's flew. Definitely worse when than we, we all left, thought. there was no one in masks at airports or anything like yeah, that. Right. I mean, there was a couple of people, but we were all just like, oh, they're, you know, they're just being overcautious or whatever. But um, this is obviously before anyone really knew anything. Um, so yeah, we were in Florida and it was the last day, it was the day we were supposed to fly to LA um, they announced that they were going to be like can like closing lots of flights or something like that. Um, it's kind of all a bit of a blur because it was a bit of a panic moment trying to call our travel agent and figure out what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. So essentially, we decided we were going to continue until we heard otherwise. So right. we flew to LA, landed in LA, and when we got back to our hotel after kind of getting something to eat, they announced everything was closing. So all restaurants, all bars, everything was closing. All the clients that I knew in LA had fled. They had either decided they'd locked themselves in their house, they'd gone to Canada, or they'd gone somewhere else. I was like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. Like, we're just going to wander around LA aimlessly. No. So let's just fly to New York and get a flight home. So LA, they changed our flight, no problem at all. No questions asked, basically. And we've got some next mm-hmm. flight to New York. We're like, great. Will that be the same case when we get to New York? Yep, should be fine. It was not the case. We spent six hours in JFK Airport arguing, trying to get our flight rescheduled. And they were like, yeah, we can do it. We can do it for like $3,000. And we're like, no, 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 no. We <laughs> don't have $3,000. We've now arrived in New York with nowhere to stay because our hotel's booked for two days' time. So we need to get home. Um, after six hours, they got us on a flight a couple of days later. My friend Suze, I don't know if you maybe know Suze from the Rockstar Advocate. Um, she saved us, basically, picked us up, let us stay with her for a couple of days um, until we got home. But it was a very weird experience. Right. Not the ending to the the holiday yeah. that we'd hoped for. Um, yeah, right. But it is where a it is. So we got back. <laughs> it was. And then we got back and all the supermarkets were empty. And we're like, oh, oh great. So what oh do we God. do? <laughs> what do we do for, for food and all that kind of stuff? But luckily we were fine. Um, and then, yeah, it was just kind of figuring it out from there. Like, what does this look like now? What what do right. we do? Right. Um, Did anything from... change for you with your business straight away? Was there Well, a... whenever I get back from holiday, there's always kind of four or five days which are literally just spent catching up on emails. So there was mm. that, but it was that plus the panic of clients who rely on live gigs being like, what the hell do I do now? So I was kind of like, I was trying to figure out for myself, is this going to change how business looks for me while also trying to kind of calm clients down and reassure them is like, you know, there will be things we can do, but just I really need to kind of catch up on everything so I can figure out stuff. Um, yeah. And I would say it's it's not really changed anything for me too much uh, because I, I found that I had clients who had planned on kind of revamping their web presence anyway. So right. they were like, well, this is the perfect opportunity. I don't have anything to distract me. I, I had the money set aside because I was planning on doing this at some point. This has just yep. moved it forward a few months. Um, and I had other clients who kind of realized that they needed to shift into focusing online. So I had a client who would play shows, but I would say like two thirds of the year, maybe more. Um, and he very quickly pivoted into Patreon live streams yep. and all that kind of thing. And he, I think actually he ended up making more money through Patreon than he normally would by doing the live shows because he kind of 
like he's such a relationship guy like he'd built all these relationships over the course of five to ten years and these yeah. people had his back basically yeah um they were already really, patrons in that way yeah, yeah like yeah, instant yeah. like and then he could end up getting coverage from like like all these local like kind of big local news outlets mm. and i think he was featured in i don't think it was rolling stone but something of that kind of level like people okay. were taking notice he had news crews coming around to his house to film his live streams all this kind of stuff nice. um and so that was kind of interesting for him and in many ways i kind of was able to use him as not a blueprint but like a reference point for clients who are really panicking i was like look you might not be able to do it on this scale because you've not been at this as long as he has but it proves that it's possible and um can yeah it gave them something to look at because a lot of people you know maybe had done the odd live stream here and there but it wasn't really mm-hmm. with the same kind of uh need i guess as as it became mm-hmm. and they were able to kind of look at a lot of people at the similar kind of level and learn how to kind of do it effectively um so yeah that was a, a learning point so yeah but for me yeah not didn't really yeah, change right. all that much um i would say there was definitely a lot more kind of listening and talking involved there always has been to an extent but i felt like yeah i became web designer slash counselor for a lot yeah, of, right. a lot of my artists yeah i think um probably at least the three of us probably have that slash at the at the other oh, side yeah. of our primary role yeah. um the uh especially these days but um because yeah on the one hand i mean you know, yeah on the one hand there's lost income for artists from doing gigs i'd also argue that in the net there was never really much or any income um from doing the gigs for most artists actually when you actually look at it um but um you know it's like yeah like cool we need to really invest in digital now huh yeah it's the only thing we got right um and uh because also then when you do it that way especially if you're doing it directly and in the way that i believe in doing it it's a hundred percent you know like there's no you're not cutting it up into you're not dividing it up into this person that person and blah 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 you know it's not yeah, you know what I mean? It's 100 it's 100%. I mean, I was talking to someone about what I do the other day and I was like, well, you know, cuz I'm not I don't push artists into industry at all. Right? I'm like, well, I'd rather you just directly approached your audience. Um because I'd rather artists made 100% on 200 people than minus 60% on a million <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, that's kind of how I think about it. And I think, you know, Ross, uh, like the way that he does, um, Chris, he, the way that he does like websites and everything like that is like very much that kind of like focus because it is, it is an investment. Like you do when you're like building on online, it is an investment of like time, money, calories and all of that stuff. But the long tail of the long tail dividend of all of it is all of yours and entirely in your control. You know, it's bloody hard work, right? But all of it is, but you know, for me, it's like, well, you know, especially like, you know, 
people who are doing like Patreon is one good example of that where like, you know, you're, you're setting up a fan club, basically like a subscription. And I think that's actually like, I think that concept is norm more normal now than we think it is really. I mean, it's not an accident that loads of podcasters do it because, you know, um, like podcasts on Spotify and all of that stuff, they literally, there is no royalty at all. Actually there's zero. They don't actually make any money. Like, um, we rightfully complain about, streaming royalties there is zero to podcasts like that's not a yeah. thing even though it's yeah. even though it is audio copyright in the same in a similar way that music is but um you know there is zero so like it makes sense that you know you can make a lot more money from a handful of people that way towards mm. the bottom of the funnel than it is you know than it is otherwise like i mean i i've always the way that i've always said it to artists i'm like well we sh i think I think you should build, be building on the internet primarily and then do the gigs you want, mm. you know, for the most part. Um, but, you know, it does depend on the artist, doesn't it? But, but it's something you've been saying for a long time, Chris, is like the, the benefits of, let's say, just a website versus social media and even Patreon to an extent, even though that's slightly different. But the, the benefits of a website is it is completely in, in your control. You don't yeah. have any you are investing content into a platform which can go from the most engagement ever to nothing or someone flicking a switch and saying, Oh, by the way, it's gone now. Or yeah. just the age group of people who used to be followed, who used to follow you on this site now longer use that service. Mm. And I think maybe because in the pandemic, social media, I don't want to use the word saturation because it's not, it's difficult to describe really, but every single time something new comes along or an event happens or something you think is going to shift everything, website's still there. Like, yeah, right. It is the constant of the internet. It, yeah, it, right. Safe to say. And I, I'm kind of, I have like a million questions I want to ask Ross, but I don't want to like start with like, so how would you build a website? <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's almost like the thing, if you had to convince an artist now, Ross, that's, that's quite, I don't want to put it on the spot, but if you had to convince an artist now why they needed a website over social media, do you have a pitch or something? Do do Or do clients come to you with that feeling? I mean, I get asked the question sometimes. Mm. I mean, to be fair, like most of the, the artists that will approach me are coming to me because they've already kind of done the research and they've, and they've already, mm. I don't want to say been convinced, by like the value and the necessity of a website but they they understand the role that it plays let's say that yeah, so yeah, right. I, I there's often not that much convincing that needs done but i have been asked the question by artists before is like well you know do i really need a website if i've got facebook or if i've got instagram or i've got twitter and i've got all these followers and like well you heard of myspace do you know what happened with that because i have clients who had millions of followers on myspace but they didn't have a website they didn't have a mailing list as soon as MySpace disappeared, they had no way of contacting those fans again. I mean, some of them did eventually find their way back, but like they were starting almost from scratch again Yeah. on that side of things. So, and while I don't necessarily think like Facebook or Instagram or anything is going to go that way, you just don't know. And yeah. you can't put all of your, all of your trust in a social media platform that's not really there for you. Like, I, I think the way that fa even Facebook have changed things and they make like advertising so much more difficult but 
you need to do ads in order to kind of get the reach now yeah i feel like they're not really helping you i almost feel like in some ways they're kind of making it harder than they are making it easier yeah i mean um, i i kind of have this like i can sorry but i kind of have this with artists this is the same reasons i say like you you should be collecting email addresses you absolute like it's not it's not something that's better or like sh you should do it's an for me it's an absolute like it's yeah. i'm like well you know sometimes i, I have said on a few occasions and i'm still like it, it sounds a bit bold but like sometimes i want to say like if you can't ex if you can't look at your audience and export them as a csv file and get names <laughs> and get like their names and their email addresses do you have an audience or does mark zuckerberg have an audience and you're basically renting it you know like it's um social media gives you that illusion isn't it so oh, i've got 3000 followers i have 3000 fans like yeah. you probably don't you might have 20 people who like stuff right it's you know to sorry to interrupt but like those are all of the same reasons that i push artists in the direction of things that are really really hard and on a numbers level don't look so big but they are bigger i promise you you know yes. yeah yeah because i think if someone's giving you their email address that is so much more valuable than just clicking like because i mean for, for example i like hundreds if not thousands of facebook pages but to be honest, I, I couldn't really say that I'm a fan of them. But if yeah. I'm getting an email from an artist, I've liked them enough to give them my email address yeah. to receive the updates directly into my inbox. So there's definitely a level of investment there that there's not mm -hmm. in just kind of, I guess, passively liking a page on social media. Yeah. Um, and I think the other, I guess the other thing that I think is important for having a website is well, one, having your own domain name yeah. It looks more professional um, and it kind of shows that you're dedicated enough to invest in that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's all about like the first impression as well. I think um, anyone can have a Facebook page and everyone does have a Facebook page if you're, if you're a musician. Um, but that doesn't really show me that you are, you know, dedicating yourself to this as a career path. Yeah, right. um, whereas if you've got a website, it's just like instantly you're like that slight level above. Yeah. Um, in terms of dedication and how seriously you're taking it. And I think that's probably more important, I guess, for people in the industry to look at. Like if if I'm, because I have a podcast, it's on hiatus now, but if I was approaching someone to be a guest on our podcast and I had a choice between an artist who had a website, regardless of how good it is, or an artist that doesn't have a website but maybe has lots of followers on Facebook, I'm much more inclined to go with the artist who has the website than right. just has the facebook numbers because they don't tell the whole story whereas i think the website gives me a much a much kind of bigger overview of who they are as an artist where they are where they want to be even if they're not explicitly saying these things you can kind of tell that they are yeah. you know more focused more dedicated absolutely i mean like the the, the impression thing i mean first on you know another point is like there's an seo piece where you know if i google your artist name your the homepage of your website should come up and it that you know everything on there should be about you directly offering to them right that's that's one of those things as well but the point you made about point you made about an impression like when when i've had conversations with artists about oh should i do this is it worth doing that like i've spun the question in such a way as i'll say well when people when you make an impression on people 
you want to be the, the artist that did do that thing or didn't? Like, do because they will all know. It's just like, oh yeah, do, should I invest in my artwork? I'm like, well, do you want people to think that you do invest in such things or you don't invest in such things? Like, do you, because all of us need to be convinced that you're sticking it out. Mm. Whoever, whoever you are, it's like, I mean, I'm sure we've all had friends who've launched a Facebook page about something and it didn't exist after six months. Yeah. Like we've all, we've all, you know, like we've all seen that happen. So we all have this inbuilt filter, uh, understandably and correctly. We have this filter. It's just like, oh, that's BS until, until it still exists after six months or after a year because they stuck it out. Right. Cause we all know internally that these things take a lot of time in actual investment. It's like, well, do you want to be the person who did or didn't? Because everything you do or don't do is the impression that you make on your audience. Yeah. Especially the things you don't do. Because it, it, if you couldn't be bothered to do that thing or, or whatever, or you couldn't, you just didn't make that effort, that, that reason will pro project. They will know that. Yeah, you people pick up on more than you think they do, and oh, yeah. people are paying more attention than you think they are as well. I think yeah. maybe more so within the industry because we see this all the time. Like we'll pick up on things that an artist might think, "Oh, no one's going to notice that," yeah, or right. "No one's going to know." But it's like, mm, but we know. Yeah, we, we know, I, and I think I think audience know just as much. They they might not know consciously. But they know subconsciously, right? Yeah, it's their perspective is just... a little bit different. But I think you're right. They yeah, will yeah. Be, they'll 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 probably just be able to identify that something's not adding up, but might not be able to tell yeah. what that is. Whereas I think because we deal with artists on a day to day yeah, basis, right. we can kind of pinpoint the more specific things. 100%. But to an audience member, they're just like, ah, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, they're just not as impressed as they could be. Yeah, yeah, right? and. You know, that's what making an impression is all about at the end of the day, isn't it? And I would say it's also a great sort of selling point for what you do, Ross. It's like, why have someone design a website for you? To be that person, to be like, do you know what? You say you want this, but can I just explain to you why this might be better? Or not just better, but it, this will just work better for what you're trying to sell, whether, whether it's an, an, an image thing or maybe just something to do with the genres of music where they actually, do you know, I found that this works better for your audience or how you're trying to say yourself or how you do gigs or just the image you're putting out. Can I just give you input here? I think I was going to ask you this question, but like, as we've seen the massive resurgence in like website building and in the pandemic, I mean, every single day I see an advert for, oh, you can use this tool to create a website in 10 easy clicks. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, I can guarantee you, you can build something in 10 easy clicks. I don't know what to call <laughs> yeah, it a website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes those clicks are not so easy. Yeah. I've tried yeah. these things. I, I reckon I've done 500 million very difficult clicks so oh, far on, on, on my website. It, but, but it's that whole thing. <laughs> if you invest money in it, you, you show yeah. your people that come out. I've bothered to pay someone to do this well and make an investment because i want yep. to show you the best i can be as an image yeah, yeah. i think that doesn't and, sink in enough and i would say you know there's definitely a place for diy like for doing it yourself but i think there kind of comes a time where you need to invest in someone who does this 
for a living and who really can help you hone it like because i feel like the diy stuff either they all end up kind of looking the same or there's just something about them that doesn't quite feel cohesive and it doesn't mm-hmm. really I, I not give you the result that you want um and i feel like a lot of the time when artists do their websites themselves they forget sometimes that less is more mm-hmm. and it's a bit overload mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you overload people with too many options and too much all in one go they're not going to take the actions that you want them to take mm-hmm. whereas i think when you hire someone like me who's kind of got that outside perspective you can guide them through it it's like well no you don't want to give them five things all at once you give them the one thing that you want them to do but give them the option in a more kind of subtle way to then yeah. explore further um and that's that's you know one of the reasons i think it's better to work with someone on a sure. website or really any anything really because um you get that perspective that's not as close to it as you are mm-hmm. so yeah. we can kind of guide in a more i guess holistic kind of way because we're looking at the bigger picture yeah absolutely and and also you sorry i was gonna also you know things which yeah i might know what i want as a website but i don't know how to build every aspect of what could be possible whereas you might turn around and go do you know what we can do this and i'll go i had no idea that was was possible now i want Mm -hmm. to do that times a billion you go great cool here's 50 other things you didn't know that you knew (laughs) you can Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't know, right? Exactly. Until someone else knows it, and you didn't even know that was a thing to know. <laughs> yeah, and that applies as well to to content as well as design. So an artist might come to me and like, yeah, I, I want like a bio, music page, contact, that's it. I'm like, well, okay, we'll do them. But have you thought about having like a press area where you can showcase press that you've had and compile resources for press to use so that you can send them just to this one place rather than sending them five emails mm-hmm. with we transfer links and copy and pasted mm-hmm. bios and all this kind of stuff um or you know i guess just just things that they don't think of because maybe the major artists that they've looked at don't have these things but then i have to sometimes remind them in a gentle way of course but you're not a major artist who's got this massive team behind you that's going to make all this stuff work behind the scenes it's like you're an independent artist which is great but because you're an independent artist, you do need some things that an, a major artist won't need because that's all taken yeah. care of elsewhere. Um, and sometimes that can be a good conversation to have because it'll help. It doesn't always you know, provide opportunities, but I think it helps them make the most of opportunities that might come their way that they maybe would have had to scramble to find things to provide. Yeah. Whereas uh, you know, now one link is all they need. Yeah, this um actually you make, you make a good point. It's something I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about for a while. Like I feel like this. I feel like we almost say independent artist as if it's like a um. A some sort of compromised position when it's actually a highly advantageous position, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's highly advantageous. Um, like it's we all do this. It's just like oh, you're a major label. Oh, you're an independent. You know, it's like well. You know, I mean, it's it's like the artists, you know, for example, I, I might have a conversation with an artist and they say, oh, well, this major artist is, well, this label is doing this, this major artist is doing this. I'm like, yeah, but like, that's actually a completely different business to yours. Like yeah. everything is different. Everything. Like that's like, 
oh, I'm a bakery, so this plumber does this because the the business is different. Like it completely mm. is actually very very different. You know, so our record labels are doing this. So I assume that's for me as an artist, because because music, um, that's the right thing to do. I'm like, well, that's not necessarily true, actually. As an independent artist, you have this massive advantageous position. If you don't leverage that advantage, you're you're just you're you're shooting yourself in the foot out the gate, actually. Um, so you know because they're in the system anyway, and they're getting exploited in you know not good or bad exploited. I'm just saying exploited, like you know whatever, um, in a completely different way commercially. Then you have the opportunity to do so as an independent artist actually um you know and that comes on to things like you can just launch an online shop via a website you know you can just do that you don't need anyone's permission to do that and it all you know every dollar that you make on on there you make a dollar right it's mm. it's uh yeah i mean that's just something that came to my mind like you know um art because artists have said to me it's like oh well you know i'm independent i'm like great yeah like great you're beholden like, to no one <laughs> when you have some advantages like discarding them is not a good idea mm. you know random random rant point <laughs> possible not content Classic for the podcast yeah, yeah. yeah. is is a is a question for us is there anything that you see that comes up again and again and again with websites that you might see through other work or if, if a client says this is my old website please make me a new one that's far better do you see anything that's consistently comes up where you go yeah that, that's a that's a don't um i mean i would say some of the more common things would be using like kind of bad quality photography is one like yeah because i think even when an artist comes to me and and i say okay uh, let me see the photography you've got for the website they instantly send me the, these small images and i'm like we got these bigger because uh we can't really use this because it's gonna on a you know on a bigger screen it's gonna look really kind of mm -hmm. pixelated and like oh i didn't know that and they've used that kind of size on the website they built themselves so it's it's kind of the technical things like that yeah. i think are sometimes overlooked um and yeah the other thing is just kind of going too much too many widgets for like their different social feeds kind of just all over the place um not having a mailing list not having a contact page i've seen quite a few times so it's like don't make right. people work to contact you like yeah. that should be easy <laughs> like that's one of the big things i mean that's um, stuff like that like i mean stuff like that is like you might have you might have lost 10 grand in sync opportunities because you, you don't just have don't that. know you don't exactly right? exactly yeah, yeah. You just yeah. don't know. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, I would say they're more oversights than yeah. kind of deliberate mistakes. Mm. I don't think anyone yeah. goes out to, you know, to, you know, uh, make themselves at a disadvantaged position. Mm -hmm. But I think because they're so close to it, and I think sometimes when you're doing it yourself, you're just so eager to get up and out there. Uh, there's maybe not the care taken that, right. you know, someone who's, being paid for it, frankly, would would take because you know they're you know they want to get paid for the job and their reputation's on the line as well. So yeah. it's up to it's up to people like me to do the best we can, so that one we get paid, two you have a great product, and three you'll hopefully recommend me to someone else mm -hmm. that you know yeah. wants something done. But then beyond that as well, 
um, I know this is completely unrelated to the question, but like I want to do a good job for my artists on an ongoing basis, which would be looking out for opportunities for them. So I want to be confident that the product that they've got is strong enough for me to send to a publicist friend, for example, if I know this client mm -hmm. is looking for a publicist. I want to be able to say, I've got this great client. Here's the website. I think you'll agree mm -hmm. they're in a good place. They're a good fit for you kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I want to just be sure that we do a good job all around. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, another point you you made that was really, really good is like about the images and stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, because also the website is actually only as good as the content you upload to it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, you could do as much as you can, but without simply high-res images of the artists or logos mm -hmm. or whatever, you are extremely like... You know, it's like, okay, cool. Well, this is also an opportunity to go and get some sick press shots done, isn't it? Because... Yeah. And I, I understand, you know, sometimes budget can be an issue and artists don't always think about, you know, everything that's required to go on the website, like the high-res photography. So sometimes there has to be a little bit of kind of creative thinking and mm -hmm. maybe we have to think of something that we do as like a stepping stone if they're not able to get those high-res shots. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, that it, it can be difficult. It can be a bit of an, an awkward conversation. But I would say most of the time, artists that come to me either have the high-res shots already or they've got a shoot scheduled. So in some ways, it can be good to reach out to someone before you have the shoot because then I can say, mm -hmm. you know, landscape shots are preferred because they'll be much easier to work with, but get some portrait shots too because we'll have uses for them as well yeah um be sure to ask the photographer for the highest res files that they've got um if they can give you the unedited and edited shots as well that's good just because we might need to do something different effect wise um so all these kind of things just so they know what to to ask for and and what they need basically mm -hmm. um but yeah that can be yeah the photography in many ways i think can make or break Really? what can yeah. be done 100%. because i think um mm. you know working with like uh, elizabeth electra as, as our example the photography she gave me was so good it was hard to find it was hard to figure out which shots to go with so we ended yeah, up trying right. to use as many as possible <laughs> um in different like kind of backgrounds because that because she went in with such a strong idea of how she wanted to represent herself visually um it was great like that's the kind of ideal scenario for me is when a, an artist comes to me with amazing shots and like okay now i have to spend probably an hour deciding which ones are going to be the ones yeah right um but yeah not every artist has that kind of clear vision but the ones that do they tend to be the ones i think that turn out best i mean elizabeth electra has one of the strongest visual brands of I've ever seen in a music artist and beyond actually just yeah. incredible and it works so well with the music as well it's not yeah, just that it's yeah. not like the the visuals and the music are completely separate like they are inter they're intertwined like they were born yeah. out of each other oh yeah like um, it it looks like her music and her music looks yeah. like her brand like it's yeah incredible. I, I have goosebumps thinking about it which is yeah crazy. yeah it's <laughs> like that's that's uh but that's how it is sometimes and um yeah i think that would be some advice i would give to artists would be really um Think about how your music, how your visuals mm -hmm. represent the music and make sure that when you're getting any photography done that you're really clear on what you're you're going for. Yeah. And, you know, things like look at other artists who are maybe in a similar 
sort of genre to you kind of get a vibe for what they're doing don't copy it but see what works and i think you just know instantly if if the two things click yeah and kind of make notes of the things that you like the things you don't like and try and find a photographer who you feel is going to deliver that that vision um mm-hmm. you know and check out their work i mean i have yeah i've heard sometimes when people haven't really looked at a photographer's work and it's just it's not that they're a bad photographer or that it's a bad artist it just wasn't a good fit and yeah right they weren't happy with the results so then you have to kind of go through the whole process again so yeah. take your time i would say as with everything don't rush it always try and find the best possible collaborator you can for your budget if you can't find one within your budget then maybe just wait until you've got the budget like yeah i would say that's better than than um going for something that you're ultimately not happy with that doesn't sure represent you compromise sure. is not a good thing no it's no. it's not really no yeah that's some good points i mean because the thing is as well i think like unless you're really really niche then your music artist generally speaking you are also a media entity on the internet right and yep. that does include uh images that does include video content that does include websites um you know because uh i mean again like i said unless you're really really niche and you only exist in audio um which is possible or whatever but like you know, you are going to have to exist visually. You just are, right? Because, mm. you know, so much of where our attention is, especially especially these days, um, is just for our eyes as much as it is for anything else, right? Yep. And I think, you know, some people might hear something like that and think, oh, but I'm not, you know, the most good looking. I don't have the typical... Mm. image that you you might want but it's not about that it it's yeah, definitely right. more about just visually representing yourself in the way that your music sounds so that people can instantly kind of make that connection it's not yeah. about being yeah i don't know whoever is yeah. number one you don't have to be replicating someone else it's it's just much more about authenticity and you know giving that visual representation of of your music because that's what someone's going to connect with 100 percent I mean, um, one example that came to mind, which obviously naturally very easily came to my mind is Tool, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of Tool's visual output is by, I can't remember his name, but he's an artist. Like he's, uh, mm-hmm. um, and he makes these really, really interesting kind of paintings. And there's a particular, I can't really describe it. People should just look it up. Um, especially what he did on the 10,000 Days album artwork. Like so much of their visual output isn't them them as band members and it and it's tall that's a very tall thing to do as well because even the front man the i, I shouldn't even say that actually i'd say the the vocalist um <laughs> maynard james keenan because he isn't to to make my point he isn't a front man actually i mean when i saw them he was actually at the back right um and even in their writing and production process he comes in afterwards right so um uh what's my point yeah so like they their their visual output has nothing to do with them as individuals or it's more like an it's pushing forward this kind of artistic entity that is tall um as opposed to like yeah i mean my point is like 
to put out visual content. It doesn't have to be about you and your face and who you are as a human being. It can be some other thing. I mean, some something that like I think is easy to not is is easy to forget as a potential approach is like, and a lot of artists do this very very well. It's like, well, if you don't have artistic output maybe you know someone who does and that's their art and they draw things or they paint things and you just you if it fits artistically between you it's a really good collaboration because you've got some visual output that looks like your music and it's a platform for them as well and it works and because like tall and i can't remember his name but tall and this guy they've been together forever like you they're they're kind of like you can't talk about one without the other mm-hmm. at this point it doesn't have to be a side profile shot yeah of you right holding a microphone that, that, that doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be the shot does it right cool um so yeah it's ha- having a website is quite important i reckon i was gonna say like, what's the, what is the tagline for this episode website oh, i reckon it's well important <laughs> yep that's what we say Maybe that's the, is that the title? That's the title of the episode. Having a website is well important, mate. Well important. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think you nailed so it right like, there. Well important. <laughs> it's, I think, I, honestly, just to like sum up, I think it's one of the hardest things to do at the moment it, it, in the way of making something that is not, you said, has, hasn't got to be unique, but unique to you and say all the things, with, as I said, it's, it's that instant thing. It's that person logs onto it. There's probably some study that goes how many seconds it takes for someone to click into your site if yeah. they like it. It's like you, it has to grab, it has to be interesting. <clears throat> and to pull that off is not just something you can just click four times on Wix, Squarespace. Yeah. Can't for no. There we go. Love no. to work. Love, love to work, <laughs> love to work with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's not, you can't, you can't get what ross provides yeah by clicking these things and just filling out some predetermined boxes and yeah fla- by just slapping a few images in it it takes talent and effort so 100 percent. i mean also oh, like yeah. a good website is like when i find a really good website i spend time in it just because it's so nice I'm like, mm, like it's so good, you know, it's and the experience it just feels as well, great. isn't it? It's not yeah. just there for information. It's, it's, I mean, that's mm. part of it, but the whole experience and if, if it can kind of pull you into that artist's world, I guess, even for a couple of minutes, yeah. that is, you know, that's a good investment in my book. Yeah. You want a delicious yep. website, you know, <laughs> a delicious website, delicious. Yeah. That's the one. Cool. Actually, well, um, before, we, before we go, yeah, Ross, plug yourself. Plug, plug it. Plug website. Plug it. Okay, so uh, awkward name coming up. <clears throat> electrickiwi.co.uk. So that's electric as in electric. Kiwi as in the bird. Co.uk. Um, <clears throat> you'll find me on Twitter, Instagram as Electric Kiwi, um, Facebook Electric Kiwi Design. But yeah, visit the website. Everything you need is there. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in having a chat, just get in touch and we'll... Um, Hopefully we can create something awesome together. Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Ross. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks, Ross. Much appreciated, mate.